You're listening to the Fire in a Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and a cast. If you want to keep the show free and help us keep the lights on, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you have ideas for the show, we'd like to come on the show, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. This week, we welcome Mr. Jason Sullen uh, to the show. Uh, Jason is uh, a local comic, a very, very funny guy that I had the chance to sort of uh, see up on stage a few times and as well chat with in the green rooms uh, while haunting the comedy scene in my continuing experiment to see if anyone thinks I'm funny. Uh, Jason is definitely funny. Not this Jason, the other Jason, yes. He's most definitely funny, and uh, we immediately made arrangements to sit him down and uh, to sort of get a glimpse at his process, uh, as well as talk about a range of subjects, uh, from social media to his um, sort of uh, approach to, to life um, and his approach to comedy. Uh, this is a fun one. I really had a good time. Richard and I really uh, enjoyed uh, having him over. Uh, he's a super cool guy. Uh, make sure to go and check him out live. Um, he's, he's really, really something. It'll be worth it, we promise. Uh, you can catch him at the Blue Dog on March 6th uh, this week, uh, which is a really great room uh, run by uh, the wonderful Rashta. Uh, if you should miss that, we have March 8th. Um, he'll be at the Turbo House. That's H-A-U-S, Turbo House. Uh, and March 11th, uh, he's going to do the very successful comedy show at The Plant, uh, another great room, another great venue. Uh, all of these, of course, can be found online. Uh, just search for them uh, on Facebook. Uh, so here he is, uh, Mr. Jason Sellen on Fire in a Hole. Probably the biggest single influence um, on my creative process was something my old English teacher said to me when I was about 13 or 14. He just said, write about what you know. I usually wrote about things that I saw on telly. You know, when we ever had to write a story, it was about a maverick cop or, you know, uh, a cowboy. I always thought my stories were the best, they were more exciting. And whenever I wrote a story and handed it in, I always got it back, too melodramatic, write about what you know. And this was frustrating, because I was thinking, it's either good or it isn't, you know? And I thought my stories were so, who, who wouldn't like a story called Jezuk about a maverick cop? Wearing bikini tops? Pretty much. I think I minimum saw some one guy in shorts today. <laughs> with, who had like confidence. Mm. Wasn't like, fuck, forgot to bring and I gotta get home. It was just like, no, I'm going somewhere and this is what I'm this, this is, is my what jam. I, this is what I'm doing today. <laughs> <laughs> with boots no less. Because there's nothing hotter than <laughs> shorts, shorts with boots. And boots. <laughs> What's worse, say. shorts and boots or t shirted socks? <laughs> With no underwear. No, no. T-shirt, socks, no underwear is always worse. That's the worst, right? <laughs> always worse. Is there something worse? I don't think there's something worse. A top no. hat? I don't know. No, because you get the underburn of the ass and you get the tip of the... It's, it's no good. Yeah. It's. Uh... And, and as you walk, it kind of like peeks out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. That was one of my takeaways visiting a nudist. Oh, yeah. The nudist uh, colony. colony. I don't think they like... I don't think they like colony. 
They don't like colony? No, I don't think they like the colony. The imperial implications of (laughs) trying to take over. (laughs) They they feel they've uh, overcome their their, uh, days of conquered naked people. Settlement. Nudist settlement. They like settlement? Nudist resort. I don't know. Resort. Anyways, yeah, my my grandfather bought a house in one of these little suburban nudist places. Clothing optional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Which is a thing you can do, apparently. It is a thing you can do. I haven't seen that in any Remax website. But that t-shirt thing was, that was like a staple in okay. that place. Where you, you, you can see where it ends, but you can't see where it oh, begins. dear God. Sort of and it's never the Oof. people you want to see naked. It never is. No, no. It never, ever is. I was like 19 when I went. I, I don't know why I was surprised, but like the other takeaway was that pubic hair turns gray. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, You're shit. like, oh yeah, I guess it makes sense. I'm going to yeah. go throw up now. <laughs> <laughs> it just had never occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah, the media and and porn and all this other stuff does a good job of completely uh, sort of uh, like diluting you into what what these types of things might look like, right? <laughs> uh, like swinger clubs, for instance, right? Like in your in your sort of ethereal, like never actually witnessed, like you know, until you walk into one, which I did on a Halloween because I knew the person working at the bar. At least that's the story yeah. <laughs> I'm going with. Likely story. And like honestly, I didn't want to go in already because. I, this was back when people still s- could smoke, I think. No, they just started banning smoking in, in the establishment. Okay. So nowhere is this funnier than in front of a swingers club because they have to come out and for a smoke. smoke yeah. And then there'll be like a seven foot two guy with assless chaps next to a little muscular dude in like an angel outfit with a blue wig. It's, it's, it's just great. It's like you can't write this kind of shit, you know? And uh, yeah, I went in there just to say hi to her and... I looked uh-huh. around and I was like, yeah, this is, there's nothing sexy about this. No, it's I'm, just got to be sticky everything. First of all, I would want to... The smell alone. Yeah. I mean, the hot tubs. The, hot tubs? Because there's hot tubs on the second floor. And what you'll have is people wearing various uh, like cheesy sex shop stuff mm-hmm. on the main floor where the music is. And then occasionally someone with a towel will just walk by like a towel, <laughs> a towel around their waist. And then say hi to everybody, grab a drink, and just like go back up. <laughs> and you're like, you're pretty sure it's the guy from from the drugstore, the pharmacist. It's pretty sure it's him. <laughs> and like slowly, you start identifying all the people at all the businesses that you frequent on a daily. You know, not the people you want to. Uh, not sexy at all. No, it's just Steve from accounting running the numbers by day and just uh, yeah laying down some. Uh, Pipe dirty pipe by night, <laughs> laying down some pipe at a Friday night. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, if if, they, if they're kind of mild mannered and stuff in their everyday, mm-hmm. uh, that's who's gonna want to have like a kind of an outlet, I guess. No? I suppose. I mean, have I have I brought this conversation? So some, some people just do puzzles and stuff too, you know. Like, <laughs> it's not always dirty, sex, like sex masquerades and uh, right. orgies, but. Uh, but it's an interesting thing because while it, I could see that this was it's very much its own scene with its own rules and stuff, it still seemed a little bit driven by weird like film tropes, right? Just like people acting out what they think they should be doing. Yeah, like the weird making out that's like not really making out. Like that's not how people make out, right? <laughs> Whereas like it's kind of like this undulating thing uh-huh. and like the hair pulling, the way that they pull the hair back and like it's all very Fifty Shades looking and I'm like, you saw this in the movie. This is not. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say they learned how to do this in like porn and stuff. Right, exactly. It's yeah. all kind of theatrical in a sense. They're and doing it for show for everyone else who's there too. 
I guess. Yeah, I guess you can. Is it a wanna... personal experience? Like, like are they just in the in the zone? I feel or are they like putting like on a performance. We need to get we need to get some swingers in here. Okay, find out what the deal is with that. Okay. I'll take note. I need to know get if the just go undercover. <laughs> go undercover. <laughs> undercover assignment. Wear a wire. <laughs> Where do you Where? put it? <laughs> <clears throat> they want to see all the parts where you would normally put a wire. So sure. that's just not going to work. You put it under the zipper mask. <laughs> yeah. Or it is the zipper mask. Anyway, there's just so many possibilities. But like every scene, there's probably got like rivalries. There's like there's probably rivalries, right? Like you think it's one scene, or like, well, we don't talk to the wiggers. The what? Yeah, the guys with the wigs. Oh, okay. Thank God. I thought you meant. No, no. There's the wigs. There's the chaps. Because <laughs> we're tribal, you know, I guess. Hi, Jason. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Welcome. The, uh, the wigs and the chaps sounds like uh, two like, uh, like English football club. Like, True. Uh, like uh, hooligan. Like, uh, like, yeah. Like World War One era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're at it again. <laughs> The wigs and the chaps. The wigs and the chaps. So how are you doing, man? How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, it was just a matter of time. It's just um, um, we're, we're all three of us uh, juggling, you know, lives and careers and projects and stuff. Um, but I've seen you enough around the comedy scene that I'm like, shit, got to talk to this dude. How, how long have you been at this, man? How, how long have you been doing this? Uh, two and a half years now, which is not long. You think it's long, but yeah. it's not long at all. Yeah, I realized it was five months for me today, and I was yeah. like, I thought it was like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, like, it felt like two weeks. I don't know. Like, actually, that's true. Yeah, I'll think. Uh, oh man, I haven't done. You know, I'm getting sick of this joke. Like, I've been doing it for months now, and I look back at what I was doing a month ago. I was like, no, it's just time crawls by so slowly when you're yeah. doing these mics. True. Every day and just eating shit. And... <laughs> Have you been? Have uh, you been? I had a good week last week, but yeah. before that, the last three weeks felt like. <clears throat> Just the longest. It was brutal? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I heard you mention something at the set when I uh, caught up with you, uh, was it Wednesday? Where I think you started your set with like, like almost like a groan. <laughs> and you're like, man, Yeah, just very frustrated man up there at this point. But uh, How many times do you, uh, how many spots do you get or go for usually? I try to do at least four a week. Okay. Okay. Uh, but that includes like the two open mics that you just sign up at, McLean's sure. and Grumpy's. Sure, sure. And then hopefully I get two other spots in that week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because we're we're so far behind in the city, where like we you can't do three mics a night like you can in Toronto or Vancouver. So, so you've, you've tried it out there? No, I haven't. But there's enough people that come by uh-huh. uh, from those cities or, or like uh, yeah, that lived in like Vancouver, Toronto, and they there's a it's real just not the same. There's a grind there. Like yeah, can't... there is a grind. Okay. Yeah, here I think people are are happy to do three shows a week, which is normal because there's just is not that much time to go around, but. Uh, to be able to, to just turn out new material, you just got to do it every night. and It's tough. It's tough to do it here. That's interesting what you said. So you you actually, uh, by doing more comedy, it it uh, renders you more creative in terms of new, new material? Yeah, because you can try a new line right away that night if it didn't work earlier that night. Right. Instead of just dwelling on it for a day and then being scared to do it again the next day because it didn't work. You can just do it right away and see, okay, okay it definitely didn't work. Now I can definitely drop this. Or put it on the side for a month or a week or whatever. That makes but, sense. Yeah. Well, what 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 attracted you to this thing in the first place? Uh I don't know, man. It's weird. Like I just I, I would watch comedy and be like, yeah, I, I can do that. Like I'm funnier than that. <laughs> really? Yeah. I like that. I like the 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 confidence. But then you do it once and you're like, oh shit. Hang on. <laughs> this is terrifying. This is not good. I can't write a joke. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it takes. It took a very long time to be able to write a joke. Yeah, it's a. It's so you had kind of like the Fresh Prince experience, where uh, I don't know if you remember that. It, there's an episode about that specifically, where uh, a comic, stand-up comic friend of his, comes over, and then Will Smith's like, "Oh, I'm funny. Everyone thinks I'm funny." Like the whole episode was about that. Yeah. And he goes up and he gets like just crickets. Right. That makes sense. I mean, I know. I don't know if. Uh... The real, uh, what is it, French, Fresh Prince is uh, super realistic to life there. but Right, uh, right. But I guess but yeah, the, 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 the message there was really, you know, that it's, there's more to it than just my French think I'm funny, so I should go up. Yeah. No, there is something to, to actually writing a joke and, and just having an audience respond to you. Not just being funny in your own head. It's tough to, to figure out how that's going to work out. but Yeah. Yeah, I struggle with that. I mean, big time. I mean, for me, just between like morning or night, a, a bit can be amazing. And then when I read it later, I'm like, I wrote so much here. This I didn't just write this like a line or two to remind. Like, I really like. I was in a throes of passion when I wrote this. What I now think is a shit bit. <laughs> Why was I so so into this? <laughs> I I wrote for six months before I went on stage, and none of it was usable. Really? Yeah. But the exercise itself, maybe. Ah, uh, maybe helped. Maybe like you maybe. flushed out some, some crap. It was just basically free writing. It wasn't like it was okay, just like basically like morning pages look, type of thing. Yeah, like if you if you look at it now, it's like a it's a shitty diary with, with no <laughs> jokes in it. So, do you remember like what kind of stuff you were you were trying to attack out of the gate? Uh, I didn't want to do anything about me. Okay. Like I didn't want to talk about myself, so I just tried to do uh, tried to read stuff on the internet and make fun of it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like uh, I th- my my first bit was about uh, this is so gross, but uh, I read that um, they made artificial flavoring and candy like raspberry and vanilla out of beaver anal gland secretions, <laughs> and so I was just the whole bit was about like who figured That's this big. out, like who was going around looking different. How did animal. this happen? Yeah, yeah. So like the idea is kind of there, but like there was no execution to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just people being grossed out at the idea of uh, beavers and uh, right their glands. You're like you're trying to move it into the and this is why it's funny, but people are still like, Ugh. yeah, because it's a guy up there who's very nervous mm-hmm. and has no confidence and does not have the ability to pull off a bit like that. Like if if you have like a seasoned comic who wants to talk about beaver glands, then I'm sure you can pull it you off. Could do an hour on it. Yeah. If you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, there's not only the comfort and the expertise and the seasoning there. There's also, at that point, uh, a sort of a pre-purchased trust the person's bringing on stage. Like, even if they don't immediately recognize them, when you walk on stage as a seasoned comic, people are like, okay, they kind of get more locked in, I feel. Yeah, but also I think the expectation is a little bit higher. Fair enough, yeah. Like, uh, when you're new, like, I would get more laughs from a bad joke when I was new because, like, oh, he's trying. Right, you know, it's like, the come on, buddy. Like, yeah, we're pulling for you. But now, if you go up there with confidence and you you just eat it, they're like, Ugh, "Who's this guy? I think he is. I think he's good." <laughs> yeah, that's a that's such a fragile, like little sort of. Uh, I can't even. I don't even know. It's like a chemistry thing. Like you know, just a just a drop extra will blow the whole thing to hell. Yeah. But if you just you know just cool at the temperature, it's. I'm trying to not. Like in this to making meth, <laughs> but it really has this kind of like super delicate uh, one eyebrow the wrong way, your arm went up instead of down, and the bit collapses or the, and the crowd t- the mob turns on you. <laughs> I don't know has that happened to you. Have you have you been heckled? Uh, heckled once uh-huh. uh, by a very drunk lady, 
Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like the yeah. standard uh, scenario. Uh, who just wanted to talk about her life and how they related to my jokes. Oh. Like, I had this joke about blonde couples. And she's like, I know a blonde couple. And I was like, oh, okay, that's okay, cool. Uh, sure. And then she's like, actually, they're redheads. So, like, why the fuck did you bring it up then? You just wanted to <laughs> just definitely want it in. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Yeah, Some I guess. people just fundamentally misunderstand what stand-up comedy is. That's the thing. It was a yeah. variety show. I don't know if you know The Wiggle Room. They I have like know it. Burlesque yeah, I've heard of it. And uh, yeah. stand-up and, like, clowns and, and whatever. And so, yeah, so you go up after a burlesque dancer. They don't know what... They might not know what stand-up comedy... They might not mm. have, been, have been to a comedy show before. So they think, you know, the I'm dialogue helping. is part of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an audience participation. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, like, I don't care as much if it's like that. But if it's like, yeah. you know, if, uh, if you're going to go see a, a show at the Comedy Nest or Comedy Works on a weekend, you start heckling. It's like, you know, mm. who are you? Where, like, Do you remember uh, a, a really nice girl sitting in front with her boyfriend kind of doing that uh, the last Wednesday kind of like to me or to I don't know if it to you specifically but like um, when there was somebody kind of went you this and that and then she went kind of beyond the yeah that's true right or yeah sometimes when they're asked a question as an audience member they think that's an invitation to, to chime in whenever right uh, which again not I necessarily just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like a rhetorical question yeah <laughs> but they're going not necessarily two jokes later Right, like at this point, yeah, you've yeah, not yeah, even yeah, yeah. engaged with them anymore. Sorry, you're saying? No, no, no. It's just, uh, it's, it's, you know, the audience just wants to help. You yeah. Know, uh... I, I, I feel that like the most when we when it end up going to a show where there's we're like we're the only two people there, <laughs> yeah. right? We're the only two like non non comics. We're not we're the only ones not going up on stage. Right. So then, like when you ask the the, the audience a question, it's kind of awkward. Like, is he, is he talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, am I supposed to say something? Because there's nobody else here. Right. But that person's really like, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for that guy or girl that showed up and had was doing planning on doing all crowd work that night. Right. And there's two people there. That's it. We right. had one at Blue Dog that was just like really awkward. Yeah, it was just like the spotlight was just on us the whole time. <laughs> and we're just sitting there like, hi. I think that's up to the comic to... to kind of shift gears a little bit and go into jokes or just talk about what happened that day or just new material or something like right yeah it's just two people don't it's like sitting in a living room you know might as well not have a show yeah. like what are you trying to do here i see it like a first person shooter right if you know you're going into a like a you're going into a close combat situation like don't mm. take the sniper rifle type of thing you need to switch to the shot this is too did yeah, i go too I far with this analogy? you want to have the right weapon for the right or if you're going to ask questions maybe just don't don't pause too right. much just lead right into it don't wait for the answer but you should have kind of like a like a revolver right where you're like okay load this ammunition today because it hmm. looks like i don't know do you do that do you look at the room a little bit when you get there and no oh, i just oh, do my stuff you just yeah. you have your shit in, the, in yeah. your pocket and you're ready to go unless it's like i show up and i see like four people in the audience who were just at my at the last show I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to submit them to the same <laughs> stupid opinions I just told them yesterday. Right. So I'm going to yeah, switch gears and yeah. uh, do some very old stuff that I haven't touched in months or, or try some new stuff that might work. And uh, sometimes those are good nights because then you're like, oh, shit, that new joke that I thought I might put on the back burner for a few weeks is is going to work out, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's Do you ever, uh, you don't ad lib? Do, do you ever just uh, go with the flow a little bit? I'm not very good at it. I'm not comfortable at uh, crowd work, at uh, any of that stuff yet. It's okay. just not there. It took me a lot of time to get on stage in the first place. So it's like uh, 
just being comfortable enough to, to talk to the audience and stuff is like another hurdle huh. that's going to have to... It's interesting because I remember you're one of the earliest comics I saw when Richard and I started. This was before I'd ever set foot on stage. It was just us sort of um, doing some studying of the... of the, Yeah. I just wanted to see what was going on. And, uh, I never got the sense that you were nervous at all. At you least. probably caught me at a good time then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think that all came together like last summer. I really started to hit like the whole four shows a week thing was right. really when I started was like uh, like last May. Uh huh. That's when I was like, uh, yeah, I got to start doing, you know, getting better, and you only get better if you keep doing it. So, yeah, four times uh, a week will definitely. I think uh, it's like going to the gym, right? You'll see yeah. the results. Yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, like I, you know, any mic if it's uh, poetry and and music, and I'll go in there and do some comedy as well. Like uh, you just gotta. Like you don't at that fuck. point, yeah, just just do it to anybody who's gonna listen and maybe laugh. Uh-huh. Hopefully, that, how much that how much does that play in, in in? I mean, clearly you want the jokes to work, but how aware or cognizant are you of the of the laughter and how much does that play? Whether your mood is good or bad, uh, I definitely want I want laughs within the first ten seconds, like immediately. Mm-hmm. I want to establish that right away, and then. Uh, like I yeah I don't I don't know how many laughs per minute you you should be getting or whatever. yeah I don't I think want, there is yeah any. I don't know uh, but again we only do, we're doing five minutes you know five yeah. seven minutes so I want as many as I can I don't want to start going on these diatribes about whatever you know like political opinion I might have or something like that I really just want to tell my jokes and get out of there and uh-huh. go in uh, sock them yeah give them a combination I mean, and then out hopefully that's how it works right. In the five, six minute uh, environment, I'm starting to understand that I think that's really the optimal. You want like a stealth bomber kind of in and out. Yeah. Uh, no business unfinished kind of slick, quick buy in, get them, get get a good one in and then out. That's why you got to listen back to your sets. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Yeah. No, no, that's no. That's why you got to listen back to your sets and be like, okay, there's a whole thing here where they don't need to know how I got to the right. store. Then now I'm, I'm complaining about whatever's happening at the store. Like, you just got to be like, I was at the store. Like, there's right. no, you know, there's you just just cut all the fat. Like, it, like yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, in writing, uh, depending on the writing, like uh, screenwriting versus uh, short stories or novelization, mm-hmm. uh, screenwriting specifically, it has a comedy. Screenwriting is to writing, I think, which what comedy is to conversations or speeches, right? In the sense that, like, you want to pick your words very carefully, but word economy will get you really far in screenwriting. Okay. Versus probably not very far in novel writing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. what you want, you don't want a script that's that's so thick of in description. Like you just you want to you need to assume that the reader has a baseline education. Okay. As to so not explain every shot, dolly in, dolly out, right? Um, not have to worry about giving whoever's reading every film like a camera movement direction because that's you're not even supposed to be talking about that in your script yeah i didn't think so you're supposed to either have a separate script for that that's just uh camera movement or the idea is the director makes those choices based on you okay but definitely you want it tight and you want to assume that people have a baseline education and you want to go for like quick punch jab and out right that makes sense yeah like i don't have any experience whatsoever in that world but yeah, uh, I would assume that would make sense. Just... I see that parallel definitely. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. It sounds to me like you might be thinking about the, we might have a common point on this. Um, 
where I know that I need to pay my dues and I need to like work more on my solid six, solid five, whatever. Mm -hmm. But some part of me just like wants to do a half an hour now. Like, I don't know. Did you feel uh, that compulsion at all? I do not feel that compulsion. No, no. Okay. So I've misread. No, uh, like I, I do maybe not a half hour. Uh, Dion Owen has that, um, monthly show, the album cover show. Mm -hmm. And in September I got to do 12 there. And so I, that's why oh, I started hitting it in May to be able to do this is more Montreal? time. Yeah, at uh, Catacombs. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, it's a you know, it's double the time. That right? sounds like minutes, so. so much fun. I mean, it was very nerve wracking. Uh, but as soon as I did, I was like, okay, I know how to do this now. I wish I could do this again every week. Right. But it's impossible. Uh, do you get that uh, when you come off stage? You're like, I, I just want to go back up again. Not immediately. No. Right? No. Uh, but I, you know, I like it'd be, I wish I can get, wish I can get to do this in an hour at some other place. Right. Like, but, okay. So have some decompression time, walk over, yeah. hit, hit another, yeah. do another 12 minutes. That'd be nice. That's nice. 12, uh, 12 minutes. I wonder what, uh, what, what days is, is that on? It's a Sunday show monthly. He hasn't done it since the holidays. I don't know mm -hmm. if he's bringing it back. Um, and what was it like? What was the, the uh, environment like? Was it different? wasn't a huge crowd. It was maybe like 40 people, which is still nice. I, but he's had like, you know, 100 people show up. He's had like 80 people show up. So, But still, 40 people is nice. It's a nice stage at Catacombs. Um, a lot of them were my friends who hadn't seen me do a longer set like that. So that was nice too. But um, did you did you clip two, two six-minute sets together or just fired off all of your... I, I worked shit. for like a few months on, on trying to get like a really concise set where it's like this leads into this, to this, to this, to this. Like a really just having a nice flow, no like non-sequitur. Okay, so you like segues. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, like... it's not even... Just every joke was like in the same topic. Okay. Or And then led into maybe a different topic. Uh, but there was like... There was a clear link between everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the set. It's not like a... Yeah. Here I'm thinking of a metaphor like a, a nice back piece tattoo that's, you know, with different themes and different images in it. That's yeah, it starts things. as a tree and then there's what birds if, at the end, but like the birds like a, are leaves. and becomes pixels, whatever. Sure. And then, uh, versus like a bunch of pirate piecemeal. Yeah. Right? I have zero tattoos and I have no idea what you're talking about, but <laughs> I sure. Just, <laughs> I, I just, I always, that's the old, how I understand things is always liking them to a, a, another thing. Sometimes it uh, takes me down a Tobias like dark path. <laughs> yeah. where I'm like, it's a little bit like, you know, foot fetishes. And Richard's like, don't do it. I see him like, no, <laughs> don't. Abort. <laughs> and I don't listen. Um, enough. And you usually, you usually bring it back. Uh, well, because I, I, I look, Rich is my best friend. So, like, I look over at him, and then when he's kind of like, I see him straighting, I'm like, oh, it's time to, like, <laughs> bring it in. But... <laughs> bring it home. It's time to bring it home somehow. But, uh, uh, yeah, so you definitely like to have a thread running throughout a Yeah, that's the, I think that's the goal. And uh, I don't know if you guys have been, but every once in a while, the Comedy Nest has a, um, like, a, they call it the Copro, I think, which is a just a more seasoned comics that he'd have a panel talk a bit about what's you know the do's and don'ts of of starting out in comedy and, and getting better and whatever and this is like a little get together or yeah okay yeah you'll probably you'll get the invite to the next one i'm sure well, maybe. um it, they've only had three so far okay so but, it's, it's just like a like a kind of a it, beers and talk uh it's just a panel and uh it's like on a sunday afternoon at the nest and uh you go up and do your thing no we don't no no i'm in the i'm in the audience okay. listening it's like um like david pride 
Uh, it's, it's actually Darren Henwood's uh, project, if you want. Okay. And he has, like, David Pride come on. He'll have, like, people from, uh, like, a guy who books Just for Laughs came on. Uh, people who do improv, talking about, like, the benefits of doing improv and sketch and, and stand-up oh, okay. and all that. So it's like a but, little TEDx for comics. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. You know, like, you get... And David Pride talked about, uh, like, how to get a TV seven-minute set ready. And that was basically it. It was, like, everything has to have a flow to it. Uh, not that I'm getting a seven-minute set ready for TV, but even if you're, you're, you want to showcase for a certain club, let's say you you're going out of town, you, you want to show them a video, you want a video that's got really, like, that late night set kind of feel right even if you're not doing anywhere near that yeah you're right now that i think about it if uh whenever like in the older comics talk about how that used to be the um the make or breaker like the yeah late night set yeah if i think back on a couple of the comics that i've seen go through there yeah they'll they'll bring a piece of their act that's very branded branded to mm-hmm. them right i think yeah is the idea yeah yeah and uh like my, or if you're like a guy like Gary Goldman, you'll have seven minutes on one topic, which is fantastic. I don't know if you've ever seen those. I I don't remember any of his material. Of his uh, his late nights and stuff. No. I mean, you got to check him out. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. He's unbelievable. Cool. He's got uh, he's got like a seven minute Conan set about this fake documentary that he created about the guy who. Uh, he didn't create the documentary. The bits about a documentary that doesn't exist about the guy who abbreviated all fifty states. Okay. It's just it's a it's like it's, it's a fantastic bit, unique. Yeah, and in his special, it's like a twelve minute bit. Huh? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And he just kind of he he like he just, he took out some little bits that were not necessary and. Uh, but the heart of it is there. Yeah. I think yeah I think do you have a writing partner? Uh no. Uh I mean I'll I'll I've got like four or five good friends in comedy. I'll riff stuff off and they'll riff off me and but I'm not. I don't know. I'm not good at taking advice usually from other people. I need to like figure it out myself for the most part. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I in fact, I sometimes when I'll go in the green room and I'll see comics kind of mm-hmm. uh, like with their notepads and I'm like, and then they're kind of riffing or or telling the other person, and I'm like, I I don't know. I that's not my poor process. Like I don't see myself doing that. Yeah, I need to figure this out myself. Yeah. probably in my shower two days from now. Exactly. You know? Like I need to. There's there's no you in in this process yeah and i mean i don't know that and then like i'll guess i'll find out if there was something to it when i present it mm-hmm. rather than i i wouldn't even know i mean if vice versa right i mean if, if if another comic came to me and be like hey what do you think of this i'd be like i don't know that i can provide you with any good feedback on this it's weird because i can't do it when they just present it in conversation but if i see it on stage that's where I know. then i can be like hey what do you think like if they if they're open to it i'm yeah. not just gonna say hey uh you got to do this. I dropped that last point yeah. if I were you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless it's something that's like so like, blatantly yeah, hardcore. Exactly. Yeah. That, need, that needs to go just to be a little bit funny or like or something you need to bring in to contextualize a joke. But uh, have you ever done that? Have you ever said, dude, uh, I love what you did there? Uh, probably when after a few beers, I said something I probably should have <laughs> to, to a friend, but not like anybody. It's really just a group of like two or three guys that we, we just shit on each other a lot and we understand that uh, it's coming from a good place. Yeah, I, I guess uh, comedy has that interesting sort of feature to it where you really don't know who's coming in, like who's behind that mic, right? Like you see some of the same people, you, know, yeah. you get to know them, uh, might even become friends with some of them, but there's they, they come from all walks of life. Absolutely, yeah. Right? Yeah. You might have an engineer up there, you might have an EMT, mm-hmm. you might have a guy's, I don't know, <laughs> on the run from the law i don't know you might have a guy that in the city there's a couple yeah <laughs> there's just 
he could be yeah he could be homeless you don't know right and yeah. uh comedy kind of just does not i don't i've seen some patterns like teachers tend to pop up a lot yeah uber drivers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or maybe that's the same thing <laughs> Mm. Artists who can't get work in their in that's their it. field, or just comedy doesn't pay that well, so you got to drive Uber. You got to keep. That's yeah. not a bad gig, actually, when oh. you think about it. For uh, uh, to be able to do these late night yeah. type of yeah, you fit your own schedule and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, how how uh, how much social media are you doing? Are you doing in terms of? Uh, I got I got a Twitter that's followed by maybe uh, seven non robot followers. <laughs> oh yeah, I think we all have that problem to some extent. Yeah, because no, what happened was before I started doing stand up, I was like, ah, maybe I'll just be that funny guy on Twitter. You know, I'll have that funny Twitter account right. with a few thousand. So I wanted to establish credibility for so for five dollars, I bought uh, I think twenty five hundred Russian followers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it was like bucks? five thousand. Yeah, something stupid. It was oh, like five shit. bucks for a stupid amount Hook of followers. <laughs> And uh, ever since then, it's just been slowly windling down to the like, 40 people that are actually real and like 700 bots. You took a bots, lethal so dose. It's just whatever. I mean, but then again, Wait, like I the, think the I, robots are unfollowing you. The robots are unfollowing me. Yeah. Sons of bitches. But it does establish credit. Like if someone clicks on your account, you got 12 people following you. And if someone clicks on your account, you got 900 yeah. people following you. They're yeah. more likely to... to tag along if, possibly you know i, I think. mean i think if you're in the double digits it doesn't look great uh, unless your account is really new but i yeah. think if you're somewhere in the hundreds i think that attitude is slowly changing like clearly if you're 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 in the entertainment business yeah people are going to want to look at your your numbers but i feel like we're slowly getting to another phase now on social media where it validated accounts or true accounts mm-hmm. right are yeah. going to start to matter more yeah and like I think on Twitter I have something like maybe a couple maybe three four hundred followers, but there's very there are very few garbage uh, accounts in okay. there. Okay, okay, they add to me consistently, but I just don't follow them back. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, my 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 requirements are basically you need to be a person, <laughs> right? That's a good one. And your just your basic description underneath your thing can't be all hashtags, or I don't want to see the words marketing. Uh, guru. Boost Guru. I don't want to see. Uh, I don't want to see eight different. Like, I, I don't want to see a bunch of decoy. What about philan- philanthropist? Is that one you want? That's to... definitely another red flag for me. Yeah, philanthropist. Uh, because yeah, it's usually horseshit. But usually, what they do is they'll put in those clever ones. Will put in two, three things that are relevant to you, mm-hmm. and then uh, at, you're like uh, free thinker, writer, composer renaissance man renaissance man and then there's success a success coach success there's a yes. little okay life the, coach is a they'll, yeah. they'll life coaches but they'll go yeah they'll go uh entertainer musician composer and there's a link and it's a link to a website selling like spirit crystals <laughs> <laughs> where the first picture of them is that there's, there's some sort of uh esoteric healer or whatever but also in real estate yeah. <laughs> but also life coach so th- those types of people i just tend to not follow back and i've the the consequence of that is obviously few followers, but like actual pe- mostly actual. We people. tested out the fake the fake uh, follower thing. We we yeah. bought some SoundCloud followers and yeah. 
Uh, they were plays, plays on some of the podcasts. We okay. wanted to like boost it up because yeah. like, it seemed like everybody else was doing it, so we tested it out. No, you have to. I mean, at a certain point, you have to do something to to get some. Well, yeah, it's just credibility. More people listen. Oh, okay, like people are listening to this. Let's let's. Well, a lot you... of Philippines, a lot of oh, India. Yeah? So you guys are of... big in uh, the we're Pacific huge, South. We're uh, huge Southwest. in Sri Lanka. Or... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Filipino robots love us. Probably because they think I'm Filipino or Indian. <laughs> <laughs> this goes back to my uh, my life as an ambiguously ra- racially ambiguous person oh yeah i remember we we got some we got like a uh, we advertised on facebook at one point and we got tons and tons of yes. uh, people from india or something but i was like Just when i saw them on. coming in i was <laughs> yeah. like i was like fuck this let's get huge in india (laughs) yeah they think i made it yeah (laughs) and and the picture that we that we put up uh like our logo picture is from halloween where we were i'm it looks like you have me hostage right (laughs) i have like duct tape over my face he's dressed like the cop from reservoir dogs that gets tortured yeah and i'm dressed like mr bond and it was just like a candid picture at a bar where we, where we, there was a thing. So I'm all bloodied and tied up. <laughs> Maybe some of the homies back in the Southeast Asia are like, "That's right, the go brother, the power the go back. brother, yeah. you you take it to the to the white oppressor." <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what goes into this stuff? Yeah. But yeah, for SoundCloud, the the the, the thinking was I'd look through other uh, podcasts. And there'd be these guys, these like 19-year-old kids in somewhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. literally just yelling into a microphone and farting for like an hour and a half. And I mean, they'd get 6,000 plays. And we were like, wait, there's something's off here. Per episode, mm-hmm. someone's listening to this retarded shit. This can't be. Yeah. I'll believe it sometimes happens. that You're like, it's so inane. I don't get it. This can't be real. Mm-hmm. You find out real followers. But that can't be as uh, frequent as it SoundCloud's is. kind of built for those three-minute clips, though. Like it's, it's made for, for music. For, really for bad so DJ music, for, yeah. So it's a lot easier to get a, that many plays for a short thing than yeah. like a two-hour podcast. True. Yeah, yeah we're, we're definitely shooting uh, high. But okay, yeah. Anyways, so, so we don't do the robots anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the robots. Fuck the robots. Well, I was telling them on the way in how uh, we've had some Facebook experiences too about like uh, how weird Facebook is in terms of it seems that even those people that pay out now can't get any, any mm-hmm. love. Right? Yeah. So I don't even know who what what's what's generating the income at this point. Just like a handful of people that are without question paying because they want to like basketball teams. Like I don't know. Like how Facebook's making money. Yeah, Facebook's making money because all of the companies invested in Facebook, getting Facebook likes, thinking that they would have an audience. Like it was kind of like a list, uh-huh. like an email list. It's not though. You have to pay to access your own your own people. Uh, right. Your own people. Right. Like you have to you have to pay for ads. Yeah. So now they're kind of pot invested. <laughs> That's so they put money into they just keep to pouring it. Yeah, like rent. Yeah, it's challenging for Facebook as well because there's just so much stuff that everybody's subscribed to. They can't show you everything. So, like the organic reach, as they call it, I think is like six, ten percent max. That's okay. crazy. Even with us, like when we try to reach our when we release our episodes and stuff, maybe, yeah, maybe ten percent of people who are like on our page or actually seeing those posts yeah unless Which everybody's I, sharing it yeah i don't understand that like i i, I got the same thing because i got this uh we're, me and my buddy Amr singh we got this new show okay. uh, we're trying to do like a monthly comedy show and like you you post something i was telling you before jason yeah. like we we post something it like reaches 19 people yeah that's but it. like we have triple amount of people that it should be 
going out to like you know you got a certain amount of likes to a page why isn't it going to everyone on that page it's not like we're we're not selling anything you know yeah. like, it's like I... bringing like 50 chicks to a club and then you you like they, they file in and then they close the door in your face <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like that'll be 60 dollars what <laughs> yeah you have to come in 60 bucks yeah and we'll let you see three of the people that you, you brought to the club <laughs> like what how does this this doesn't make shh, shh, shh. <laughs> Get out of here or we'll ban you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but I, I brought the pe- – okay, and you pay your $60 or you're like, fuck this, and you walk away. They keep your they keep your ladies. Yeah. <laughs> right? They keep your peep, peeps now. They're in that, in that bucket. Yeah, yeah that, I think that's how they make their money is uh, you know putting that barrier between you and your people and also advertising for – to attract new people. Sort of right, thing. but it seems like you pay the sixty dollars, but then you get in there and everyone's in the VIP. You still not you're not getting any. You got to spend hundred dollars a a week, right, to to get people to get any type of uh, exposure to your stuff. On it's ridiculous. Yeah. You're, you're try, at least if you're still in the club analogy, you're trying to talk to your ladies and they're just blasting the music <laughs> to the basically. And you're like, hey, except hey. the music is like shitty vitamins, and <laughs> exactly. Whatever else is on shitty there. vitamins, bad documentaries, yeah. A uh, bunch of fake groups uh, that pretend to belong to the brand. Uh, I feel like discussion groups work a lot better than than like brand pages. Okay. Because I'm uh, I'm part of a few like Kickstarter groups and stuff, and just like the notifications, just every time. Yeah, it's nonstop. Posts, it's just nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. It can go a little bit too annoying, but yeah. at least you're, you're always you're in the loop. loop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So like every time you mean you post something to your your campaign. It just fires off of all in all the all the social media. Or? Well, it's 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 kind of a, it's it's open, right? It's not just you posting up to your brand page. Right. It's like here's a discussion topic around your project, and then you can you can put up updates, and other people can say whether they enjoyed the show or mm-hmm. all that stuff. I think I don't know. I'm going to give it a try. And see yeah, let's see. We'll see. I mean, th- this is your field, like the Richard's, Richard's kind of stomping ground, the the online okay. stuff. So mm-hmm. let me know what you find. Um, what about things like media, like like a live video, shit no, like that? Terrified of self promotion. Really? I hate it. I don't even promote my own show on, huh. on Facebook. I just hate. I, I want to separate that life from comedy, hmm. or like that's why, like on Twitter, I don't tell anybody about my. I just hope people find it somehow magically. <laughs> okay, I know it's it's like you, irrational. You were aware that that's that's it's completely stupid. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, but I, you're okay with it. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I'm still embarrassed to be doing stand up. To really? a certain extent. Yeah, it's like uh, until I got an hour or something of material, I don't want people knowing I do this. Huh. It's weird. But I know a few other people who feel the same way, though. Right? Really? Yeah. Really? The like, secret life? Yeah, well, some people find out you do stand-up and like, oh, that's really cool. But then, I don't know. It's like it's it's kind of because uh, it's, um, it's kind of naive to think you can do this as a life, you know, sure. like a, to, to make a living from, from stand-up. So. It's kind of like uh, so yeah. telling people you want to become a stand-up comedian is like being like, "Hey, I'm kind of stupid." Uh, <laughs> I see. I see what you're saying. But what? What about just like a like a halfway point? Like, because I don't, and I may be shooting myself in the foot by doing this. So let me be irrational too. Uh, I'm not like obsessed with comedy. I'm not fully devoted to it. I love the art form. I study it. I watch stand-up, technique, everything. Mm-hmm. But I have other things going on, you know. So yeah. when I when I do comedy, I do it hundred percent. But I don't live and die like some guys do yeah. on it and girls. And so I keep quiet about it because I don't want to disrespect their level of investment. But I feel that my level of investment actually 
helps me not be ashamed of telling anybody that I'm, I'm doing that. I mean, pro- I, I don't know. Maybe I, I told people more, more when I started. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Like, hey, I'm going to try uh, this. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I, no, I, I still kept it pretty quiet. Like, uh, I didn't want people to see me. Really? Yeah. Like, you didn't just want people to show up and... No. Yeah, that's... that's Depending on... Especially now with social media, like, uh, with people showing up at, from all all walks of life, different periods of your life, which has happened to me. Um, I can understand how that could be maybe something that you don't... Like, maybe you don't want your parents just showing up one day with your family, if that's your thing, or... You don't want exes showing up or people from your work that know a very different side of you. Right. That sort of thing. I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe like extended family. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I, my parents came to one show, which was nice. Uh, I got to do like a weekend at the Nest. Okay. The, um, in uh, January, there was the Young Guns. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats for... on that, by the oh, way. Oh, thanks. That's uh, a good deal. Even though I just shoehorned that into the conversation, I'll take the, I'll take the praise. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that was nice because they got to see, okay, he's not just going out to bars and and just hanging out like an idiot uh all the time he's actually kind of working on something but uh like i don't want to see me for another two three years at this point like they they saw me okay there was the proof and then get out of here you know like well let's let's separate these two worlds again for a little bit (laughs) yeah it's almost like uh yeah don't come into my room mom yeah basically (laughs) i'm working on something i'm writing poetry get out (laughs) slam you know (laughs) but i I get it i get it i guess i don't know whenever uh the comedy thing comes up in conversations with me um i get pretty much the same response every time from a person like wow going up there must be really stressful yeah people say all the time wow that's so cool that you go up there i could never do that and then i I always find that conversation fun because they're not just i don't know uh no it, it is true like i you know people say i could never do that yeah but until you do it you know you do it once and it's like oh shit no i can do this like anyone can not anyone can be funny but anyone can get up there at least once hmm. it's not like so, and so i would say some people i've seen i mean you and i or i've definitely seen people who were like who snapped actually and, that's true yeah and, <laughs> and you know that they may never speak again let alone on stage i've yeah. seen three people at the works at the comedy works uh just flub through 30 seconds and just run out the door oh yeah yeah. it's a sad it's sad to see it's sad yeah especially like if you talk to him before and like yeah this is what i'm gonna do in my life oh Uh, that's that's a serious happened twice and it's like that is heartbreaking um that's maybe a bit naive to say like yeah this is what i'm gonna do with my whole life before even trying it once no no do it once (laughs) see how it goes i'm gonna enlist and be a soldier yeah, uh, it's uh, it's I the one time I remember very clearly someone choking, it was so heartbreaking because he started it out like he was he was laughing a little bit, he was like okay, gulp you know and he started rolling out some mm-hmm. stuff and I'm like oh come on dude power through it power yeah. through it and then uh, he even got a reaction on the first one the nervousness was kind of working for him yeah people were kind of like okay. And then I just saw him. It was almost like he, was, he had a heart attack or something. His eyes just opened really wide. He was a young guy. And he's just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a little like, mm, okay. And then he looked down and just not even ran, but just quietly walked out as every, they were, just walked out. They went to the bathroom and I never saw him again. Like I never even saw him go down the stairs Jesus. or <laughs> he, he like jimmied the window open and like called out. Or or mel- or just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> he just phased out of our reality. He just, just be- it's like he was shrinking as he's getting off the stage. And yeah, it was uh I was like, Wow. I think I hadn't gone up yet. 
that night I was like, well, okay. So yeah, I'd say maybe not everybody. That's, that's number, true. It's like the number yeah. one fear of like most yeah. humans is I, public speaking. Then death. Yeah. yeah. Over death. Over death. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I probably wouldn't have done it without. Uh, I got this job um, selling condos part time. Okay. Like I, I was terrified of speaking to people, but that job I did it for a couple of years mm-hmm. on the weekends, and that definitely, you know, you got some twenty-two-year-old schmuck telling you to put all your life savings into a condo. He's got no idea about. Uh, it kind of builds up a bit of confidence, I guess, to talk to people. Yeah, yeah, you got to. Yeah, sales, sales. I think is something that is a bit of a comedy builder. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially when it's sales of something. It's not, you know, it's not Horseshit, like shoes yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, even shoes probably will. Would no, help, anything, but anything. But but I think the fact that it was like something I had no freaking idea about. <laughs> yeah, and and you had to find to sell that yeah you have to find the positive in it or you yeah you, you're selling i don't know we i used to work uh when i came out of school i did a lot of telemarketing like a lot of montrealers yeah and talk about having to sell something you don't believe in at yeah all. you just got to act like you believe in it and like a, like you're invested in it as yeah. well if you can muscle through that even for a little while i think it builds a certain character that maybe you'll be like okay i never want to push anything i hate again but now I can maybe apply this sort of enthusiasm and live thinking to stuff that I actually give a shit about. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. I don't know. There are bits that I got to through tech, technician work and through survival instincts that I don't believe in. I've had bits that kill and I get rid of them. And I think I think this bit two against two. This bit two is two against two. This bit is working. Because I know how to do stand-up. It's not working because it's something that's important to me. Same thing for me, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I watch my... I've got a group of, like, maybe 15 comics that I'll watch all their stuff. And I don't want to see the new guys coming up. I don't want to know that they're talking about the same thing as me. Like, I want to have my own take on it and not be influenced by their take on it. Right. Because that happens... What is it? The parallel thinking thing? Parallel happens. thought, yeah. Like, uh, we talked before about that stupid uh, bit with the uh, the beaver glands you know right. my first thing and then like uh, Amr Singh comes in from Vancouver and I, we're just talking about our first sets or whatever he's like yeah there's a guy in Vancouver who's like a headliner who's got a whole two three minutes on that oh shit so we just saw the same reddit article on the same day and had the same <laughs> thought and it's like the exact same thought process like who's looking butts who's who's doing all the same stuff <laughs> and it's like uh, yeah I mean but that's that that approach I don't know uh, that approach to the that kind of mat- golden material like reality is is very like it's it's been done before and it will be done again i mean i can think of a few really huge jokes that take was that same approach right like the yeah. um dave Chappelle thing about uh, aids the aids the first aids monkey yeah where they someone must have eaten or fucked one in order to <laughs> right. like, hey hey buddy <laughs> hey, hey, come on over here you know what's funny is um I don't know. I don't remember which Grand Theft Auto it was. I think it's the one where you got that stupid cousin who always wants to go bowling with you. <laughs> right. But if you go into one of the theaters there, you can watch Ricky Gervais do stand up in the game. In the game. And he's got a bit about the AIDS monkey and fucking and fucking the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like around the same time as Chappelle. So uh-huh. yeah, that's like, gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, something like um, like like kind of how now there's almost an unwritten rule to not touch Trump. At all? Yeah, I wouldn't talk about Trump. Right. Because everyone else is talking about Trump. It's like, if it's on the late night circuit, if it's a late night punching bag, then I think it's almost like you ought to... What are you going to bring to the conversation? Right. Everyone better than you is talking about it. What's the point? Exactly. Figure out, you know, just focus on your own stuff. Yeah. Rooms full of of decorated comedy writers are plying away at that every night. (laughs) 
So you're like, he has weird hair. Weird hair. Like on stage. You know? What's the deal? What's the deal with his skin? Yeah. And, but even in the cases where I've seen certain people touch it, even then, they, they do you not invoke the name. It's a Voldemort, Voldemort thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. More like, here's what I think is, you know, crazy things going on down there with that guy. Who shall not be named. Who shall not be named, lest we invoke him. But I think I had that same approach to filmmaking, too, because I went to filmmaking school. And yeah. uh, I quickly realized that I wasn't a cinephile at all. Like, I love movies. I, like, every man in, on earth, a good portion of my references in everything in life have to do. Like, oh, it's like that scene in Goodfellas. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when I was composing my own things or writing my own things, I compare notes with other filmmakers. And they're like, well, you see here what I'm doing, says the other guy, like, here, this is like an homage to, you know, the early, the French traditionalists. And what I'm doing here is a Dutch angle, you know, because uh, it's it's almost 25 years now since uh, Inbar Bergman uh, put out his, right? and, you know, and the, here, this is a Polanski thing. And here, I was like, wow, really? Like, this whole thing is a patchwork of, of <laughs> tributes to, I'm like, that's not how I, I can't do that. That's, I don't want to do that now. So I started. Were you talking to Tarantino at the time? Or is that <laughs> Almost. <laughs> <coughs> well, his genius was, of course, taking sources that most people mm-hmm. would wouldn't recognize. The Japanese and yeah, or you would have to have uh, crazy stamina to sit down and find out where he got his stuff from. Yeah, you'd have to sit through hours of grindhouse, underground, horrible, horrible B C E D E level movies, mm. um, and then great music, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think that's always been a thing for me in a sense now I think about it, is I'd rather just be making the stuff and yeah, there'll be some overlap. You'll find out someone's doing that your bit. Probably happened to you that you went to do a show and someone who went up before you walked uh, over, over some territory. Yeah, whatever. sometimes they'll just say like words that I'll say and it's not even the same bit, but I won't do that bit just because, you know, it just You'll pull it immediately? Weird. Yeah, like if uh, like someone's got a bit about a guy like whose name is Brad, sounds like he's a snowboard instructor. <laughs> and I had a thing about, I have a joke about this guy named Cody. He sounds like he's a silver medal winner, winner at the Winter X Games. Right. Like, I don't want to, you know, it's the same comparison. I, I'm not going to do that joke that night. Mm-hmm. There's no point. Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter, but. But it matters to you. And I think what that uh, speaks of or what that is indicative of is a, is a desire to have, to, to give the audience something. Yeah, a new a new voice. Yeah. A new... Uh... Like, you're just... You're a considerate lover. <laughs> you're not just gonna... You're attentive to their needs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or you your get, own needs. You give them a little rub-a-dub-dub rub, rub down there. You want them to enjoy it, too. And I, th- I think that's why, if you're if you're booking a show, it's important to have, like, just people from all over, just n- mm. to give the audience not just the same white guy voice, you know? Like, as much as uh, you want to book all your friends, like, uh, it's important to the audience to, to just give them, like just an array of what the city's got to offer just to not have the same type of humor jammed down their throat all night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I love a guy like, uh, and this is a guy I didn't understand right away. Uh, David Hetty. Yeah. There's a guy like the first time I saw him, I was like, what's, what's happening? Mm -hmm. I don't, but it's because everyone, everything else that night was so more straight laced. No, he's a, he's like a genius in terms of like, uh, interweaving different, just aspects of comedy and putting them all together. It's, I have no idea how he did it, how he, like he came to do that. I, I, I almost feel like he didn't construct it so much as he found a way to express these things that are just going on, like taking up a 
a large proportion of his thinking anyway, mm-hmm. and he just managed to focus it because it doesn't sound. Uh, it just, it sounds like he obviously put it together, but it doesn't sound like he read books and books and books and and then constructed it sort of in a laboratory fashion. No, absolutely not. It does you really got to follow along. Yeah, you cannot take a second off with him. Yeah, it's true, and I I, I admire that command of. Um, We've talked about this before about how I think yeah maybe the one of the ideals of feeling like maybe this is where you start making it is that you're bringing people into they're coming into your house yeah even though you're in their house on stage I don't know if that makes any sense yeah it makes sense I think also the the polar opposite where like uh, you feel like actually no it's the same thing where like you walk in and it seems like there's a there's a like almost like a cap as to where the audience is willing to go that night in terms of laughs and yeah, then yeah. someone shows up. And it's just like it just blows through the roof. And you're like, oh, that guy's the guy. Right. That guy knows what he's doing. Right. He's kind of like, uh, fuck your settings. Yeah. Uh, I came I came to slay, right? And and he overrides all of the... all of the Yeah. Just like change the, the channel or the yeah. frequency in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, David Tell, I find, is like that. Yeah. He's uh, fantastic. I mean, he's, he's a master, right? But I feel like he does that. He'll come in and it's almost like... It almost feels like he's not even on stage. It feels like he's wa- walking around the, the 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 club with a mic and just like attacking people from different angles. He's still on, he's in one area, but you feel like he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he, like he's not a really on stage. You feel, he, like, he's, he's like a crazy to... person on like the subway platform, <laughs> just right. yelling these things, and you got to pay attention. Yeah, like some sort of brilliant author that that had a nervous breakdown and put on a, <laughs> suit, a jacket and a cap, and he's just like ranting. I don't know if you ever saw this uh, bit with him where he's performing um, at some really, really uh, schmaltzy kind of uh, themed club with palm trees. Okay. Oh, is that like in Hawaii maybe? I think so. Like there was literally like a, a hula or whatever it is, like the dance thing, yeah. I think previous to his set. Mm. And putting David Tell in that room is like even funnier because he, there's nothing show business presentation about him. It's just him and his mic. Mm. And he gets on stage with one of those ridiculous drinks with the fucking umbrellas <laughs> and shit sticking out of it. And uh, he starts fucking around with the props that weren't there for him. He just grabs one of the palm trees and kind of moves the, to the side of the stage. He's like, well, show's over here now. No, it's over here. It's over here. It's over here. I think that's from his um, his special where he does like a bunch of road. That's it. Road works or whatever road it's called. Road work, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was a great, great... Uh, Him story. and uh, Todd Berry also had a similar special, except that he did all crowd work. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't get through it. No? I found it hard to... Do. I, I, I don't know. You got to like Todd Berry, I guess. Yeah. He's a very peculiar acquired taste. Uh, voice. Yeah. Do you... Uh, on that note, do you... Are there types of comedy that you don't... Not necessarily don't respect, but that to you are not... I mean, you, you've mentioned crowd work is not... You're not there yet. But are there things that you're like, hmm, I don't consider that? I, I probably would have said yes before I started stand-up. But now, if you see something live, it's completely different from being able to click through it on YouTube and like just fast-forward through all, all of it and just decide that you don't like it. Like, a, I've seen great prop comedy live. I've seen great, you know, all really? sorts of comedy live. Like, it's it's there's something about the live aspect that you just can't recreate at home. And just, I guess, it's like the, the entire crowd joining in and you, you just can't help but, like, enjoy it in the moment. Yeah, it's uh, there's like the trust building, there's the buy-in, there's all these fucking crazy elements to it. It um, is a very social experience for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's interesting how it's 
stand-up comedy is something that you just can't really practice without a room of people no exactly you know? so those stand-up those those open mics are like your gym right yeah Pretty much well that's why it was describing ottawa like a spa right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the one place comics kind of seem to be going to to uh, get a bit of a, a relaxed a relaxed little little therapy little like it's it's gonna be okay, <laughs> so you can get that ego boost. Yeah. yeah, well, Montreal comedy crowds are pretty jaded. I've mm-hmm. heard even from people from out of town. Yeah, like, I was interested uh, in your uh, your your uh, assessment of that. Um, even like I, I've spoken to people who uh, work at the Comedy Nest who say that the headliners find it it's it's one of the toughest rooms, the Nest, on the weekends of really? any like weekend room in North America. Okay. It's a tougher one. In uh, North America, wow. Yeah, like people who you know they do the late night circuits and then they they just. They tour clubs all over mm-hmm. North America. They, they apparently the nest is a tough one. Huh? Yeah. I don't know if it's. Uh, I don't know what it is. If it's like the high ceilings. There's all sorts of like aesthetic. True. Maybe it's that walk through that uh, otherwise depressing building. Yeah. The the word. <laughs> <laughs> the legends of years past and like a sport that's got nothing to do with anything that's going on yeah. in that building at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that that building specifically feels like uh, is it's kind of like when jim morrison died if they had put a bouncy castle where he where he's buried <laughs> right that's kind of the it's the it's so opposite to what an electric building that was yeah and i'm just old enough to remember the last years of it where it was the heart focus psychic focus of the entire city hmm. metallica u2 hockey you name it rocket Richard, history blah blah blah, blah. it's it's so weird because like I, I walk into that club and it's like I, you forget what's outside yeah. yeah like it's it's unbelievable the, it's a pocket it's dimension a, yeah it's a great atmosphere in there it's got it, you just completely forget like I'll, I'll listen to podcasts where people are like uh, oh I was in whatever Minneapolis doing the, the club in that mall I'm like what kind of club is in a mall <laughs> and you remember oh yeah there's a movie theater here and like a Tim Hortons <laughs> yeah yeah it really is like once you cross the threshold of the nest it becomes like you're in a different place entirely mm-hmm. And then you kind of zapped back into to when you walk out, you're like, and oh you god! You go down the escalators yeah. with people who were just at the show and moviegoers, and like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> there's someone sleeping on the bench. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, there's some homeless people like twenty feet away. Yeah. yeah, there's a tacky the tackiest of the tackiest souvenir shops downstairs in history. Oh yeah, right at the foot of the uh, escalator. Yeah. That place, I, I've been, I've traveled a little bit in my life. I've never seen a place that fucking tight. always have that little, like, jumping puppy kind of uh, plush <clears throat> yeah. battery-operated thing in its little pen. You and nailed it. Like, yeah. That's, that is the next level. When you, when it, and it doesn't seem to be anyone working there, because they, they know it's such shit in there that no one's going to steal anything. Yeah. Because it's all this really bizarre. I've never, I just walk in with blinders on when I walk into that place. I don't yeah. notice anything. Until just, you, yeah. you cross into the club. <laughs> yep. So I, I guess it's maybe a, a good thing and a bad thing about the nest being supposedly a, like a rough, like a rough place. Like I wouldn't know, you know, like unless as far it was told just, me, like unless someone told me, I wouldn't know if that, if it's rough or not. I just assume. But I'm saying in terms of like if that's where you're, you're sort of um, uh, your honing your room. skills, yeah. yeah. Then maybe in the long run, once you start crossing over to other places, yeah. Uh, but st- I think there's there's also the fact that there's different expectations of people going and watch a, a weekend show as opposed to like a newbie Tuesday. Fair so yeah, like, yeah. I imagine the crowd on the weekends a lot tougher on. Uh, like the, I only did the one weekend where it's like it was established that these are the new people doing well in, in comedy in the city. So like you know like give them your love type of thing. But if you go see 
you know, whatever, like a like a Phil Hanley, who's like a Vancouver comic, who's in New York now, like uh, who's done all the late night stuff. If you go see a weekend show where he's on, it's not the same atmosphere as a you can't even compare it to a Tuesday or Wednesday. No, no, it's like these are so. people who they like got they, babysitters. Demand, exactly, that's that's something that people say all the time. You know, like they they remind you uh, people put probably a hundred bucks into going out that night. You know, babysitters, parking, food, drinks. Yeah. It's like it's a they're taking one of those absolutely precious days off yeah from the grind to come make in. me Absolutely. laugh funny yeah. man <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah definitely i in fact as much as i i'm thankful and and so humbled by the fact that my friends keep coming out to support me yeah uh, uh where i put very little pressure on anyone to come out but they just keep coming there's always a handful of people um i always wonder like when, when i see an almost full room on a tuesday night i'm like what are you guys doing here who are these people but I'm so happy you're here, but I just where where did you come from? It's it's and it's a lot of new people because I don't if if you talk to people they're like I didn't know there was stand up going on in the city like right. I, it's not you know they think just for laughs in the summer and then it's over pretty much so yeah if you tell someone oh there's a comedy night at uh, whatever bar on on this Wednesday like what are you talk like there's really there's comedy is it what, what, like it's a one time thing you got, no it's every, every week every and week. there are hundreds of people trying to get on the show every week right. Are there a lot of comics in Montreal, you think, proportionally? Uh, people who do it regularly, there's probably about a good hundred. hundred okay. and, and then there's people who filter in and out. and probably The comedians in Montreal Facebook page has got like 2,000 people on yeah. it. I don't know who all those people are, but... Uh, but you're right. They're uh, there. There's something to, I guess, a town or a city having um, a kind of massaged, uh, like, like almost trained crowd. Right, I think maybe that's what contributes to a city being more of a, a great place to do, do, if comedy is part of a cultural, you know, thing like going yeah. to see hockey, like going to a movie. If it's part of that sort of every day, uh, or it's not uncommon to go to one, I think probably the crowd also has learned a kind of like yeah. okay, comedy time, so we're laughing. I mean, you get some of that too here, yeah. but then like. They've seen so. It feels like they seem so much that you you have to like work them. You got to get weird to get them on board. And then you go to a place like I went to Kingston, okay. uh, the Absolute Comedy Club there, and it was like 140 people. And I did the whole thing where like I, I try to get a little bit weird, give them like weird opinions to like not shock them, but like you know get them like oh this is a guy who's who's get them to look up from their drinks and go like hey, yeah what's exactly. Going on here? But yeah. then they just keep looking at you like what's going on here? Like they're, they're not gonna <laughs> laugh at your joke. They're they're just wondering what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like he's not talking about the difference between men and women. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this isn't a marriage joke. Yeah, why are you talking? <laughs> this isn't about your boss being an asshole joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, say things to my wife that I I don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, what was I watching? Uh, just uh, rewatching. Yo, Jim Jeffries. Okay. Uh, his shows I tend to remember by the ugly shirt he's wearing, like 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 the leather shirt one. You see the leather shirt one, the, the the one with the leather shirt. A shirt. Yeah, he always has like a t-shirt, jeans, and like an weird shirt, like button-up shirt over it. Made of leather. This one he had a it's a okay. leather shirt. Bold choice. Probably his best stand-up that I've seen. It's where he does the Oscar Pistorius uh, bit. Okay. Uh, it's where he does a great bit about gun control, and. Uh, he says some really, really rough things about like, uh, he, he goes something like, uh, he, he mentions the wage gap 
and like people are expecting him to like either enforce it or whatever and he goes which i think is ridiculous and everyone's like yeah all the women he's like because that's still too much (laughs) women have no business earning as much as men and then because we have to buy drinks we have to do this we have to pay for meals we have to buy jim jeffries tickets and then when they flash to the crowd you could see i i'd expected like anyone that's in an obvious couple kind of just <laughs> and look friendly over to their wife going like isn't that guy crazy he's so crazy but the guys were like woo, woo like high-fiving each other <laughs> yeah you're like you tell her man you tell her you tell her she won't listen to me <laughs> exactly some people take do it literally through the comedian and hope that they get vindicated or somehow like right. revenge through the comedian little do they know he's trying to be ridiculous yeah exactly <laughs> it's that's really... like uh, bill burr you know talking about how you shouldn't hit a woman yeah but there's no like his whole bit is about like there are reasons whatever but like you know he's not gonna go home and hit his wife and then there are guys who take it literally and be like you see what i'm talking about yeah and those people should not be listening to comedy but or anything (laughs) i mean if someone's taking their cues from a comedy show that a is a absolute credit of the that comedian skill Mm -hmm. that this person won't listen to therapists they won't listen to like doctors family members but a night of the comedy will be like, yeah, it's time to Vindicates punch my wife them. in yeah. the face. That's it. <laughs> She's had it coming. Ha ha ha. You're like, no. Bill Burr sends his regards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. Right? And you get in trouble. The wife comes to see the next show. Yeah. With a black eye. You're like, oh. <laughs> oh. I think we talked about it before, but I had I, heard that that's what kind of drove Chappelle nuts. Mm. Right? Like he was trying to... Uh, he was trying to make jokes. He was trying to be ironic, and and he got the th- the sense that some people were uh, kind of coming away with a reinforced sense of their own racism. From right. His, but only like a them. certain subset. But mm-hmm. I think that was enough. That's all you need to like drive you nuts. Right. Yeah, like we were saying, it's like the, if you made one racist <laughs> like sort of thing. Yeah. Someone's way too happy about the joke. You're like, whoa, okay. You're not on board with this joke because of the reasons that I made it. Yeah, every yeah. subtlety is just going right over your head. Yeah, yeah. and you just you you coming over, you're probably gonna give me like a card to come to your meeting with mm. your other buddies later. Right. You think I'm <laughs> I got you, buddy? And this <laughs> links at you after the show. You're like, oh god, this is a no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it's like the we were really saying Scarface, like the the idiot test. It's the movie itself is an idiot test, right? Like, yeah. Uh, People are like, fucking, he's awesome. Tony Montana. And they wear the shirt, whatever, with the say yeah. hello to my... They didn't realize... The whole movie's about his demise. Yeah. yeah. It's a cautionary tale. Yeah. yeah. It's, Tragedy. Yeah. But they think it's like... Uh, it's some sort of, uh, you know, aggrandizement. Like, yeah, so you take the power. You take the power. Yeah. That's not the lesson that you were... I guess that's where... I don't know. How do you feel about that? The social responsibility aspect of it? I don't talk about anything. Unless you're... Unless you're gonna take my opinions on spaghetti being bad, and <laughs> I did actually. Okay, well then that's that's good. Then. That struck a chord with me. I just want you to know. A lot of people have been saying that. Like, Cause <laughs> I I think a lot of word around town. You I think you 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 touched something there. I think a lot of people had that opinion and didn't realize it. Yeah, good. I wonder if it's affected spaghetti sales. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. I'm gonna take them down. That's my goal. Put spaghettonis on the rise. Yeah, just just uh, just uh, squeeze them for a uh, like a uh, some sort of uh, sponsorship. You're like, listen, guys. Everyone's listening to me about this. What are you going to do about it? I got dozens of people behind me. Exactly. I could shut this down. I could shut you down tomorrow. (laughs) Or you guys could give me what I came for. That's it. 
Give me a taste of this, that, that sweet spaghetti money. <laughs> Give me a taste. I just want to wet my beak. <laughs> you start with that whole Godfather shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, so you you you're saying you you kind of make sure to avoid anything controversial. Uh, for now, yeah. I just mm-hmm. want to write to be funny. I don't necessarily need to ruffle any feathers, you know. Yeah, and I feel like that's an advanced style too. Uh, you, you can't come out of the gate. I've seen guys. Come out of the gate with like harsh opinions about like women and stuff. Yeah, and try like, to do level twelve comedy. Why isn't this funny? Because you you're you're an idiot. You have five right. minutes up there. No one knows who you are. Yeah, and also <laughs> sometimes you just gotta let her have it. Ha ha ha. And then the, I saw one specific guy do this. I've never seen him again. Surprise. I've heard about this night. I think really. It was at the works. I uh, it was at the works. Yeah. I feel like it was a while ago though. Was it at like two months ago? Maybe. Yeah. No, because I talked to someone who like who's a more veteran in the scene. And he's like, listen, you can't do rape jokes off the top. Like yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but I can make rape funny. Like, no, you can't. You dummy. No, <laughs> no one's ever done. Like it's happened like maybe once. Like, do you think you're going to be the guy to crack the code after five minutes? This ties in exactly to what we were just talking about, except now it's the comedian that's, that's misunderstood the, the situation rather yeah. than the fan. So it does happen in both. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the, the horrible nature of that kind of event is when a, someone who doesn't know how to handle a gun goes up to shoot type of thing. Is, yeah. Right? Is that when they start getting the negative response, they're like, oh, it's working. It's like that. It's like Bill Burr when he did that bit. Right. Yeah, but and Bill Burr the, brings them back at the end. Yeah. He also has like 15 years of <laughs> trust and and props and people know what he's doing. You and are people just some paid guy. to see Bill Burr. Yeah. Right, and right. his, his audience is not like, oh, here's this new guy you've never met before. His name is Bill Burr, and he's got five minutes on rape, on rape, and how funny <laughs> Only it is. Rape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand the misstep, but I that is, I guess it comes down to self awareness. Mm. Yeah, or maybe absolutely. bad friends. <laughs> we're like, I don't know if I should come out of the gate with this. No, man, you got this. You got this. You were born for this, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, rape wall to wall, baby. <laughs> Point at some girls when you're saying it. You got this. Okay. You it's like sure? martial arts, too. The same thing with martial arts, you know? Like How so? Some asshole comes into the martial arts class and gets in the ring to do some sparring and thinks that they're like a thousand times more effective and dangerous than they are. Right. Right? And they just come in there and just make a complete ass themselves. Sorry. Or actually hurt somebody by accident and go like, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Or those like uh, super cuts on YouTube of non-UFC events, like these other fledgling companies that are doing this stuff and every week there's some guy who tries to showboat and gets his fucking head taken off oh, yeah, yeah. every week <laughs> you sent me one of those I think. Yeah. yeah there yeah. was another one this week <laughs> yeah that guy was even funnier he's, he's like barking dances and, he's oh. barking he's going <laughs> and others opposite of him is this like calm japanese guy who's just sort of like <laughs> Just not smiling, not nothing, just sort of standing there. And the guy's like, row, row, row. and he's he's like doing the karate kid thing while <laughs> the, the, the referee's, crane. yeah, he's doing the crane <laughs> pose while the ref is just trying to like uh, explain that you're like, you know, keep it clean, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, woof, 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 woof. <laughs> right? And then block, take it right off. <laughs> Last week was even my favorite. I love those videos. I don't know why. I hate to see people get hurt, but that that somehow like, from a car okay yeah <laughs> i just i don't want to see him like bleed and then be carried out but just the hit i'm like yes <laughs> so the week before was probably one of my favorites the guy went into a full yeah 
the, you know he's gonna those guys are coming because they come out of the gate swinging and kind of wildly like not technical like predatory they just come out with these flashy kind of triple kicks and whatever yeah. and try to flying knee or whatever the other guy because they saw it in another video yeah and this guy literally like he throws out a couple of these wild kicks the other guy's just sort of like takes a step back and he starts doing this like oh yeah popping and locking thing yeah and the second he turns and he turns to the side too you and saw starts it doing this pop lock yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and he gets starched <laughs> he gets fucking <laughs> Head yeah, yeah yeah just destroyed um and this somehow relates to comedy <laughs> <laughs> well it just you know a lot of people have a very inflated sense of what they're capable of before they actually get down to doing it. Right. I think is the, the tie-in. You that, want that middle spot, right? Right. And that's the same thing with like a, somebody for the first time trying to do level 12 comedy. Right. Right. Yeah. You want enough self-awareness to be humble, uh, and, but you want a little little cockiness to be able to like surmount the, the stress. Hmm. But either or is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, bitches laugh. And you're like, mm. no, that just drives me up the wall. I yeah. can't watch that. I have to walk out. <laughs> can't. You can't do like it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's like a visceral reaction. I just got to leave the building. Can't do for this. A bit. Can't do this. Today. It's also a comedy also has this thing where um, that's kind of unique to it where uh, I don't know how what you feel about this, but like the effect that it has on the next act, right? Where you like, uh, I'm still not sure if I want somebody who bombed before me or I want someone who did really well. Uh, I think you want to get to a level where it doesn't matter. Probably. You know? Like, I used to worry about that a lot. And then uh, now it's just, I don't care. Like, like I'm I don't bring my own thing to the table. So I don't concentrate on it, but I try to listen to everybody that goes up mm-hmm. before. And then maybe I'll zone out just like for the person who went up before me. But if I'm hearing that it's kind of dying out there. I still don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because you kind of, it does carry the energy carries a little bit over uh, to, to your thing. So if you have like a kind of a slow burn, slow start to yeah. your set, then you may have to switch that. If the other person put everyone to sleep, I feel, or is, like I said, maybe I've I don't def- think no, no, I, I've definitely, but I, I go up with the same energy regardless. I think, I mean, maybe, maybe less now. I don't know when I, when I was prepping for like, uh, like to do my tight seven, like I always came out with the same like kind of uh, not I wasn't like mean mugging the audience. I did a couple times like mean mugging and just like kind of like like yeah, what's going on, huh? Like just give them a bit Give of that, a nudge. and then they're like, "What the hell's going? What's wrong with you?" And then I <laughs> I slowly get into like I'm a nice guy, like just you know trust me here. But like I, right off the top, I kind of like mm-hmm. okay, this is different. Let's what's going on here? I'm gonna pay attention for a little bit. Uh, but I, I used to do that every set regardless of what was going on and it would work so I just kept doing it but now uh, yeah I just try to hit them with a joke right off the top that like that's funny within the first 15 seconds just to like bring the energy back and if they don't like that I'll, I'll kind of address it and kind of undercut the joke by saying okay that was a good one but you know we'll move on like yeah I was so you know. you, you're okay with kind of addressing what, what happened I probably shouldn't I think it's kind of not hacky but it's like it's not a great move to pull but Unless uh, there's maybe a joke at the end of it, that's yeah. But usually there's not. If you're just saying that was a good joke, you guys didn't appreciate it. That's just you being. <laughs> I feel like that's arrogant, falling off the yeah. But then if you follow it up with some good material and you don't keep doing that every time, I think mm-hmm. that's an okay move to pull at this point. You know, doing doing, doing open mics and stuff. Yeah, it's almost like breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, like movies, like everything else, people have access to the behind the scenes now of a lot of stuff. 
So you can get away with like, whoa, that killed last week when I was with at the old age home. Like, what's going on tonight? Are you guys in a bad mood? What's <laughs> yeah. going on, right? You Let's can, get it done properly. You can get away with it. I think, yeah. well, if it's done properly, it just tells the audience, like, you have confidence in the fact that you're funny. So mm-hmm. you can take a hit. Let's, yeah. 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 Okay. Bear with me. You know? Yeah, exactly. Something, something better is coming. Yeah. And I think it's also not unreasonable to put some thought into what your appearance generally provokes in other people. Right? Yeah. I think you have to think about that. Uh, I did that for a long time. I'm tired of it. Like for you let go. 60 sets, I've, I, I started with, uh, I look like this, this, and this. Now I just, I don't want to talk about my face anymore. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, like, uh, I delay, yeah. I, I waited a while, too, before going towards the, uh, addressing the racial thing. Yeah. Because I didn't want to come out with that first. Mm-hmm. Because, like, fuck, can I be the one dude that's from somewhere else, obviously. But I'm just doing comedy. You, you can know? be, yeah. I kind of want to still stay there. But I, I, at the same time, there is value to to addressing if you have look a certain way i think it works yeah it's a unique experience that no one else can talk about so right. you know mm-hmm. there's there's value in talking there's about some it. value to it but if it's all you talk about i didn't so much mean like addressing it to the crowd mm-hmm. but like on your own when you're thinking i think you kind of have to be aware of like well i'm a really tall guy so whether Absolutely. i want to talk about it or not i gotta think about like i might be intimidating or not or yeah, no, you definitely got to know what you look like to the audience. Right. Because or else you're not going to be true to your own voice if you have no idea what... Because, like, you know what you think you sound like, but then you see yourself on video, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, do you have a hard I time watching no, yourself? Oh, yeah, I can't do it. I can barely listen to myself. Really? Yeah, you have to because, like, I notice when I take dips in terms of writing, it's when I haven't been listening back to sets and just doing tweaks and stuff like that. So that's a really important part of your process. Abs- yeah, I think for a lot of people. Uh, like, if you... Uh, if you watch uh, Hannibal Burris's documentary about the the end of Edinburgh Fringe, yeah, the Fringe, yeah, like he's listening back to his set right after the set just to, to tweak stuff for the next night. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah, makes uh, sense. And he and it's like that's that's a show he's doing every day for thirty days, so he shouldn't even have to listen back to it, but mm. he still does it, you know. Right. Well, at that point, he's really at the final stage. He's like he's like forging every day that same blade kind yeah. of thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, Burris. Uh, I like the guy very much, and I find him funny. His material, though, doesn't really reach me. Like, I don't really find him funny, but I don't find him unfunny. The same way that as a when it comes to film, uh, I think David Lynch is like a legend, right? Like, he's an absolute legend, but I don't particularly enjoy his films. Yeah. Uh, but I understand that they occupy a very, like, it's a strong, like, yeah, I'm glad he's that. there, you know? Yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I like Burris. Uh yeah, I don't know what to say about. I that. I like yeah. his balls. He's got balls. Like I've when when you see him in a shit casino room with a bunch of really non-committal, non-invested people, mm-hmm. uh, and he purposefully goes into really specific uh, Black American stuff, right? That only like his hometown people would get, and you know he's doing it as like a kind of a subtle way of saying "fuck this venue," yeah, <laughs> "fuck this gig." It's a horrible gig, so I'm just gonna have fun. <laughs> Like that to me is indicative of a guy like I I respect, but I don't necessarily um, like Edinburgh too. Um, what, what that must be like? I think that's a huge, it's just a huge one. Yeah, right? I'm pretty. I'm, I don't know. I don't know too much about the fringe circuit and all that, but I think it's the biggest one for comedy. I think it's a stepping stone. Yeah, big time. To what? However, I mean the last. I think it's changed. more the English comedy scene. Right. Like I think uh, I I listened to a bit of this podcast about uh, that's hosted by by a British comic and apparently. 
I just started watching a little bit of Stuart Lee too. I don't know if you I know f- that. Yeah. I worship that man. Yeah. He is next level. So that um, I think the whole mentality over there is that you got to have a new hour every year. Right. That's got to be ready for Edinburgh Fringe, which is nuts. It's yeah. crazy. That's pretty cool. I like that. I like that challenge though. I like that challenge. But Lee it probably puts more material into an hour set than some comedians do in 10 years. I've never heard so much material come out of a man. Yeah. I I've only, under- only recently gone into it and yeah. i watched the one special where he opens up with a 9-11 joke that turns into a fart joke yes so that's a that that's not bad the 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 one that he there's this one special where it's broken up into four or five episodes mm-hmm. and in between he does this little sketch thing where it they never explain it but it's as if he was seeing a shrink but if you know comedy in europe you know that the shrink is another well-known funny man from the from the okay. uk and he's kind of confessing him so and the other guy's just blasting him. He's like, "So you're kind of like a art. You're kind of a master of nothing. You do nothing all the time, and none of it is creative." And he's like, "Yes, yes, I, that would be a correct assessment." <laughs> and then it, every bit of that that special is a is a is a like a topic. topic. Yeah. And it ends with a short film. At the end of each one is a short video that's super artsy fartsy out there, but is uh, symbolically connected to the bit he just did. And uh, I don't know if you've seen Stuart Lee, but his hands are always covered in his notes. Like yes, he okay. writes obsessively on his arms. But I've never seen him look at his hands, ever. That's true. So it almost it seems like the exercise of writing it on his hands is where he's committing. Yeah, it's enough just to get the bit in there and, and on his mind. When you he He's a repetition master. Like, he does a lot of that. Yeah, he deconstructs a joke yeah. into nothingness. Like, to, it's to, 15 nothing. minutes of, yeah. of just, how do we get here? Like, what happened? That At, journey was ridiculous. To Down to the punctuation. Yeah. Right? Down to the atoms of it. Where And I think part of it is his brilliance. Part of it is his own sadistic uh, sort of how how long can I get people to laugh at, by repeating the same thing and emphasizing yeah. it over and over and over. And the answer is a long fucking time if you're Stuart Lee. Yeah, no, I think he's, he's something completely different. Absolutely. No, we don't have... I don't think anyone like that here that I know of. Again, I, I'm not like, I'm not listening to enough. To com- I don't know if I'm listening to. Yeah. Well, when you said you had like your 10. Yeah, he's 10 definitely 15 and there. then that's it. Like I don't want to. He's also the only guy I've seen who per special will pick on one or two I- like icons from the British show business. Flat out. Yeah. It's we'll true. Just, he did that. Yeah. We'll just humiliate, ridicule some, some member, either another comedian and and it turns out because that comedian in their book just said that he was this or that, and he just will tear up <laughs> with one person <laughs> in a way that it's not even like you're like, okay, dude, stop kicking that dude. We got it. He hurt you, and you got him back. No. By the time he's done, you would feel ridiculous for ever having liked that other person. <laughs> <laughs> it's the level of deconstruction that he's – he's a de- deconstructionist, yeah, maybe. I don't know if that even means anything. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so what's your background like well what, what else are you into i don't what's know anymore ever since i started comedy I've, I've got nothing man you've forgotten everything else. yeah everything else is done but like, like your jokes that i've heard seem to have some sort of inkling of like someone who reads someone who might like i don't know science or geography or history like there's something like academic about it i'd be uh, i'd be like uh i'd go i'd, I'd finish second on jeopardy because you know i know a little bit about a lot of stuff okay. but like 
you quiz me on anything, it's just there's no depth there whatsoever. It's just very <laughs> surface knowledge on a lot of stuff. So you have a lot of trivia knowledge. Uh, yeah, I'd be good at a trivia night. Okay. That's about it. I don't know how it happened. Like, uh, like I went to like this weird French private school growing up, uh, elementary school, and we learned about like the Gutenberg Press in like second grade. It's like there's wow. no need for a second grader to know about this. <laughs> but that's just the type of shit that I learned going growing up. Like it's interesting. Which school, may I ask? This was Charles Perrault. Charles in, Perrault, okay. Yeah, in Laval, they got one in Pierrefonds. Uh-huh. It's, so, it's an actual like French, super uh, French, like school. Uh, like from France type mm-hmm. of uh, regiment in terms of. So very old school discipline. Yeah. Uh, rhetorical. Yeah. <clears throat> You've got like, uh, yeah, 11th graders reading a business section of a newspaper. <laughs> I get, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on That's what they're producing, yeah. I guess. And then, uh, I don't know, I played a lot of hockey. And oh, yeah? then, uh, yeah, I played a lot of hockey. I was like, I was doing uh, sports study, like sports Oh, yeah, I remember so those. So it was kids. like six days a week of hockey up until I was like 18, 19. And uh, then I had to... To stop that because I had to get a hip surgery, tore a groin, a shitty ankle, just tore my body apart with hockey. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know what, uh, just started just consuming pop culture and got into comedy. I, I think that's probably really, really good thing to have. Because I think in itself, you know, we always shit on people or we shit on ourselves if we're trivia collectors, if we're, we know a little bit of everybody. But I think that in itself is a kind of a weird uh, scholarship because I feel like there's a there's enough people I've met in my life that have that compulsion. And it's not that they're not able to take that subject further and do the reading on it. Mm. But I feel like there's almost no interest in... Specializing. Yeah. It's, it's more about like, oh, well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And in any given conversation, I, I feel like I could talk for a couple of minutes. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's. Good. I think that's a good place to be at. You know. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I'm starting like to see it, it not a negative way because mm-hmm. we always tend to go like self-deprecate when when we're one of those people. But I don't. I see it as maybe something in itself. I mean, I do read. Like I, I, I am an English lit uh, student, so I do have to read a lot. But then again, I do get by by not reading anything. Like it's 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 actually kind of a joke of a program if you right being honest you can, get, you can get a b plus average doing barely any work right i know some people who would corroborate that but uh at the same time being a jack of all trades master of none is kind of the best way to be social because if you get too deep into any subject you're gonna lose like almost everybody in a room right yeah i think so Unless yeah you kind of infiltrate heady. a little bit of everything and then you're you get out of there yeah, I if mean, you're like, oh man, and enter obscure anecdote about Shakespeare eating muffins or whatever, and then like, unless people are really initiated, that's not gonna work. Hmm. And not everyone's David Hetty who can fucking bring Showa to a fucking five like ten minute set and somehow make people laugh talking about fucking Showa, <laughs> right? Like about the Holocaust, <laughs> make the Holocaust funny, <laughs> not it itself funny, but be able to play there. And actually get laughs like that's that's not something we all wield as a skill i think level 12 level 12 <laughs> for some reason that number seems so what's next for you what's the next uh next uh, challenge i don't know man I, I don't know what's going on uh i just uh like i told you before off mic i just did my first sketch thing last night at uh at joke town at theater st catherine yeah that was uh it was a good experience it was, it was fantastic uh but i lucked out like it like i told you before it was like um it's a luck of the draw in terms of who you work with, and uh, I, I ended up with uh, this girl Deirdre Trudeau, who's in um, this sketch troupe called Hot 
Raw Fire with mm-hmm. Jacob Greco. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was the head writer on the on the on this joke down sketch. And how it works is that you have three days to write the sketch. So you meet once for a couple hours. You kind of you got you got three topics to work with. Uh, ours were like healthy living, customer service, and like the Shakespearean um, thing of uh, exit by a bear, where like the bad guy is eaten by a bear at the end of the. <laughs> right. So we had to play with those three things, write a sketch. So first day for two hours, we just kind of fleshed out some ideas. Then she wrote a first draft, and then she was amazing. She let everyone, just both of the other two people, me and uh, uh, this girl named Isabel, uh, kind of in, entered, you know, and put some of our own ideas into the sketch. Then yesterday, Saturday was just one o'clock in the afternoon to eight o'clock showtime, just rehearsing and just formulate, like just making the sketch into a thing, and then performing it live for ten fifteen minutes, and it's uh, it was so terrifying. The stars aligned though. Yeah, it was. Fan- it, it actually it went off almost without a hitch. Like, and they were they were pros. Like whenever, like I have no on stage experience, so whenever I would flub a line or forget something, it would just feed me something to to make me remember the line and. Uh, and like she, she let me write to my strengths where like I had one long monologue off the top. So it was kind of like just me doing stand up with a weird voice and then another long one at the end. So like it, it all came together. It was, it was a great experience, but, uh, man, live sketch is, is something else, man. Yeah. It's, I, it's no, terrifying. It sounds like it. <laughs> I feel like I may have tried it back in school, but like, yeah, that, uh, that's a whole other, whole other grind. I don't know how they do it. Uh, but then again, like you, you talk to them about standup, and like they're like, I don't know how you do it. Right. So, so it's I guess a, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a. I've seen this before. A division in this in a in an art form, uh, martial arts. I've seen that in capoeira, where there's a slow meditative style versus a combative, high acrobatic style, mm-hmm. and it's essentially comes from the same martial art, but neither really understands how the others do it. You know. Um, even though they're kind of addressing the same, yeah, it stems from the same root, but then there's a, there's like a divide in there. It's a different philosophy, yeah, yeah, and both both sides are impressed by the other side. You're like, really? What I do? No, that's fucking easy. You guys are crazy. <laughs> so you do it again. You definitely do it again. I'll take a breather. Like, give, give me a few months. <laughs> took a like out of you. Oh man, it, it's just it's like the stress the whole week of like, what of the hell's gonna happen here? Like, it's like an SNL experience. Right? Yeah, I think uh, this is. Um, uh, DJ Mausner, who does stand up and sketch and improv and all that, she, it's her her baby. I think mm-hmm. uh, she helps out like running the show. She like do a character if you need an extra character in any one of the sketches. It's four sketches, so it's like an hour and a half show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's her show, uh, and she tries. I think her goal is to get like people from all walks of comedy in Montreal to work together. So the improv, the sketch, the stand up comedians to, to get together and just create something new some sort of environment this person sounds like they they live and breathe this stuff yeah no she's uh, she's fantastic yeah. like she's uh she's also probably the funniest person i've met really yeah wow absolutely if you haven't seen her uh just go see her do something i feel yeah. like if a comic says that it's got more more <laughs> o- like oomph to it yeah because <laughs> you know that's something you wouldn't say lightly Mm. Uh, you should go see her at the um you know mike Rhodes's show on tuesdays at uh, the works uh, figure yes. it out, like figure it out. Yeah. yeah uh i like that show a lot like i've had i've done it three times and every time i've had like a new bit that's come out of it just from like riffing with mike on stage mm-hmm. and but she's on every show her and jacob greco so are on every beast. show yeah yeah and, okay uh, so you're headed out to ottawa soon tomorrow tomorrow yeah uh so we're gonna pat ourselves on the back for 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 doing five minutes of mediocre material that's gonna <laughs> kill a room hopefully what's what's the uh 
the venue and the time? Absolute Comedy. I don't know if it's going to be out by then, but Absolute Comedy. I don't know if it's at 8 or 8.30. Okay. Uh, after that, I'm, I'm headlining Blue Dog on March 6th. Oh, so right that's on. another nice uh, I just reached out to her actually for the yeah. first time this, with this uh, yesterday. She's great. Yeah. Yeah, she runs a good room and she's she's great. I've uh, we've we've uh, we've seen her and uh, we've talked to her a little bit, but uh, yeah, she seems like she's really into it. Yeah, no, she's she's uh, she's very instrumental in in the comedy scene. Like she mm-hmm. she helps a lot of people out, and she's very nice to to new people who who are funny and yeah, you know, she's good. She's uh, a fan and like yeah, a, exactly. Yeah, she's one of those people that like uh, I guess when certain people make it, they'll like they'll come back to town and be like, I hope so. See her specifically. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if you're from out of town, uh, you're gonna be on Blue Dog on a Monday. Like if you're from Toronto or something, like she, she'll take you in and and give you some some time on the show. That's great. That's great. So, um, any plans on? I mean, you've 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 said that you hate watching yourself on video Mm -hmm. and stuff, but have you had any thoughts about expanding to the YouTube realm or? I guess you have to, right? I guess you have to, but I, it seems like it's a requirement to a I certain have, degree. I have no self motivation for that part of it right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to focus on here and now. Yeah, just having a good like. I just want to work towards an hour of material at this point, and just uh, like what? a good material, a good right. hour. Yeah. So let's say you get that hour, because that's something I've, I've, I'm already thinking about. Maybe too soon, but I'm already thinking about that. Um, where do you go do that hour in Montreal? I have no idea. Is there any place where they let people do an hour? Uh, no. I think what would happen is you, uh, just from hearing from other people who are a little bit ahead of me in terms of the comedy scene, uh, you might go to Ottawa or like a yuck somewhere mm-hmm. and showcase two 20-minute sets Makes to sense. like middle or feature for a headliner. So you got 40 minutes there. Um, and, and hopefully... Uh, then you can work, you know, you can book a smaller club Mm -hmm. in in a smaller city. I don't know who would have, like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, not a Kingston. Kingston brings in, like, some heavy hitters as well. I have no idea, man. I think Canada, it's it's tough. It's really tough. It's not like you can just go to Albany, New York, and just book a weekend in Albany or, like, Poughkeepsie or something, you know? Like, it's every (laughs) city here. Flyover states, whatever. Exactly. Every, like... But yeah, America's is much more like a... You got like more a, access. Uh, yeah, because there's also people everywhere in, over that map. Yeah. Right? As opposed to you have to kind of just follow the, the river here. Yeah, exactly. It's, otherwise, it's no man's land. No, I got no answer for what you do once you got an hour. I mean, uh, hopefully... <laughs> you rent a club <laughs> and you call up yeah. your friends. I mean, it's no, it's happened. I, there's, um, there's a community who left town who's in L.A. now who sold out like three shows of the works. But that's what he did. Like he said, like this, I'm gonna book this weekend. Yeah, and, uh, that sounds like the plan uh, to me. That's what occurred to me as an idea. You know, once I'm there, like it's. I'm, this is not for obviously for. But my my plan was roughly a year from now. Yeah. If if things have evolved according to, like if I've seen a progress, a response, if I feel like I've built the muscle groups and all that stuff, was to handpick um, like a three or four, maybe three people who I feel are are. are really good like a good mix or a good compliment mm-hmm. and just book a show and just put it together and you can sell it at the fringe montreal i mean that's, that's a good idea. way of doing it mm-hmm. um i know there's uh zoo fest might be a little bit harder because they're jfl affi- uh, affiliated yeah but uh, i think fringe is like a good stepping stone for that they're all about one-man shows and and uh different type of uh, yeah. comedy experiences well i mean stuff. whether it gets sort of I mean, I obviously would want to not do it for nothing, but like my my ambition is less show businessy. Uh, it's more like a 
give create a venue at that point with, with a couple of comics that I, I really connect with or yeah. connect with their material and just have a just great bash call up my uh, my uh, contacts in the, in the video film like I have a lot of people in that area uh, and just like film the fuck out of it and 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 f- produce the shit out of it yeah. and, and then just have people go like who the fuck are these guys and where did it getting all this production and and hopefully it's good right like clearly i wouldn't want it to be garbage okay, so that's more independent i mean i don't think fringe is like too show businessy i think they're just in to to give artists like a, a bit of a platform Playground, yeah to, but i mean i wouldn't I mean, be against presenting it yeah to, right but i mean if you, you can definitely do that independently because uh, i've done that in film yeah. a little bit and i've I like that attitude. I like the idea of coming out of nowhere with something that looks way too good for the level of notoriety that mm-hmm. the person's producing it. And I want, I love that reaction of like, you spent how much on this? <laughs> Five grand. <laughs> and you got it back from a crowdfunding thing? What? You, pay, you spent nothing? Okay, so then? you're going from that angle. I kind of, I, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm basing it on my experience. I mean, I don't, I don't even know enough if I, to maybe not, I don't know if I can talk about it with any like insight or whatever, but uh, Brunch Club, uh, they put out specials about once a month where they they uh, they film it at Turbo House. I think I don't know if they film it, but they definitely record it for SiriusXM, mm-hmm. and that's kind of independent from anything else going True. on in the scene. Yet has uh, huge reach. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And they they get people from in town, out of town to to do their their special. I don't know if it's an hour or or thirty minutes or something, but mm-hmm. um, that's that's something that's happening independently of like the the huge festival circuit or like the clubs or anything like that and that's it's giving people exposure right on so uh, maybe as a gag do you want to just uh drop your uh twitter handle for for any for any bots that are listening it's uh at buying jason so buying like is yeah, it purchasing like, like purchasing yeah <laughs> buying jason okay I like yeah it. uh it's uh I, I like the even though there's no one on there yeah looking at my shit i i like it as a just a it's a very very different voice from what i'm doing on stage or anything like that it's just a very distinct type of humor concise kind of yeah one shot it's a good writing exercise it is it is what about this monthly show that you mentioned before oh the very (laughs) successful comedy show (laughs) great name um at the plant I, i don't know if i can give out the address don't uh, uh, maybe instead just tell us uh, what you can in terms of like the format and who's behind it. It's so new, uh, but it's me and Amr Singh, uh, who's originally from Vancouver, stand up here. Uh, he and I have this show at this loft, which is like a punk venue in the Mile End. It's on like, it's on Van Horn, a couple blocks east of Park. Uh, you look at it from google street images and you're like i'm not going in there <laughs> really but there's it's like, like a, get knifed <laughs> yeah exactly it's like next to like a bunch of you know burning tires and stuff uh-huh. uh but you got uh, you got like people living in there and it's like a punk venue they got music all the time the uh, it's like i guess mm-hmm. i have no idea what the hell is going on there but they we can't lose money on the show they only take a, a certain percentage uh we get to put on good comics Hopefully people show up. We're kind of trying to do like a word of mouth thing for now. Um, yeah, we're just trying to put you know the best comics that or you know people that we think will will put on a great show, like just a different types of humor. Uh, we're just trying to build up a crowd yeah. somehow. I don't know yeah. how. We're just postering all over that neighborhood. They got a mailing list for the venue. It's called the Plant. I think I said that, but mm-hmm. so they got a mailing list. They got a bit of a reach. But besides that, I have no idea how to grow an audience if we're at a secret location in an industrial park. 
but the first show went well. I guess uh, following you on Twitter would be a good good way to start. One step. <laughs> yeah, maybe or, or liking the just the very successful comedy show page on Facebook would be another one. Mm-hmm. Booking uh, some Euro trash DJ. I guess <laughs> for we'll me, figure Fest. something out. <laughs> to no, do it's something. uh, but it's a good challenge, you know, to just put on. It's it's so I don't know how people do it every week, man. Putting on a show in this city. Yeah. Like booking people every week and like making sure you're going to get a crowd. It's so nerve wracking. It's like, yeah, but there's some, sure. there's some people who live, live for that stuff. There's a, there's a breed of people who do that specifically that I thank admire. God for them, man. Thank yeah. God for them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to do it. Well, Jason, this has been really, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. This is a lot been, of fun. This has been really easy. Yeah. It's been great. You'll have to come back. Yeah. Sure. And, uh, if I haven't said already, I'm a fan. Thank uh, you. I, I, like, I like your material. I like watching you work. Thank you very uh, much. And, uh, yeah, man, I hope you get where you're going. I appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. Fire and a hope.